Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. And thank you for listening. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. My next guest is Lorreen Gilbert. And Lorreen is in the business of wealth management and financial planning. And she's going to talk today about her vision to expand the WealthWise reach across the nation by merging wealth management practices into WealthWise. Lorreen, pleasure to have you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much. Great to be here. Uh, you know, you've got some ambitious goals here, and uh, we want to hear all about that. But first, would you tell our listeners a little bit about you and your background and what WealthWise is all about? Sure, absolutely. So I have had my own practice now for 23 years in Southern California. I grew up in Texas and went to the University of Texas at Austin And when I graduated, my first job out of college was with Fidelity Investments. So I started with Fidelity, was licensed and trained there. And then I started working for a company selling retirement plans in Southern California. Did that for many years and then started my practice, like I said, 23 years ago. And since then, our focus has been on working with business owners, key executives, and women uh, looking at ways to help them with income tax, and estate tax mitigation strategies. First question is, where does the time go? Uh, Right? (laughs) You and I have known each other a long time. We have known each other a long time, yes. uh, Incredibly long time. Now, Lorene, you've been featured on CNBC, Fox, Bloomberg, Yahoo Finance, Reuters, and recently you made the Forbes Top 1000 Female Advisor list in 2020. Congratulations on all of that. I know I see uh, that you are on all of these. uh, People are asking you for for what's happening. Uh, So first, let's talk about that really briefly. What do you see happening in the the overall world? What should people be thinking about in this uh, day and age of uncertainty before we get into the the topic of of growing the business? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. We are, you know, we keep hearing this word unprecedented, but it is. We are in unprecedented times, and and the markets have been very volatile, you know, going through the March 23rd lows, rebounding off of that quite a bit, but the rebound has been focused on technology and growth, and we haven't seen the same rebound in the areas of value, um, some other areas in the market, so I would say to investors, my message right now to investors is to look for those opportunities that are in the market where we haven't seen as much of a rebound and also 
time to look around the globe again. We've been very focused on the United States and, and for good reason, and the U.S. markets have done very well, uh, even in the midst of the COVID environment. And now we're looking around the globe once again because you'll remember that the COVID started in China and Asia, in a sense, then went to Europe and then to the United States. And what we're seeing now in the recovery and the reopening uh, is that we're seeing rebounds, China, Europe, and the United States, kind of the same pattern there as well. So we're looking very closely at Europe, mainly because we're seeing the same kind of stimulus moves being looked at in Europe that were so successful in the United States. So the rebound in our equity markets in the United States really have been focused around the fact that the Fed intervened and Congress made stimulus moves. And with that, now that Europe is finally coming together as a region, we think the same thing is going to happen there. So a good place to look for opportunities. Very good, very good information. And I know we could talk for hours about investment strategies and financial planning strategies. You're, you're a great resource for all of that. But today we want to talk about your uh, expansion plans with WealthWise. Uh, now, why, why are you looking to expand through acquiring other wealth management practices? That's, that's I understand, is your strategy. Yeah, so, you know, Everything that we've done so far at WealthWise has been around organic growth and building our client base. And, you know, we now have, you know, done a good job of getting that us to where we are today. But when I really look at how to grow from here, and, and the purpose is really having an impact, our tagline is wealth management redefined. We're looking to redefine the wealth management business we think we, we have ways to do that, and we want to expand our reach across the nation. When you also look at the average age of a financial advisor approaching 60 years old, we're having a lot of financial advisors look to say, you know, now what, what do I do? And some of those financial advisors, they want to stay in the business. Some of them want to sell and stay. And we're interested in those opportunities. We're, we're interested in the sell and stay model, as well as acquisitions as people want to get out of the business, but we think we can have a significant impact across the nation as we continue to expand. So we're looking for those opportunities where financial advisors are looking to sell their practice or even, like I said, just merge into our practice. I think a lot of uh, customers out there, a lot of clients, probably look at their financial advisors with with you know one question what happens if anything happens to you because you know we're all you know you pull all the strings on my financial future and do you have that mapped out so this is this is a very big topic in the financial services world of building a, a succession plan of some kind now i would imagine you don't want to uh to buy every practice out there, you probably have some very strict guidelines on what you're looking for. What characteristics are you looking for as you look at practices to acquire? Sure. So you mentioned a great point, and, and the latest statistic that I've seen is still 80% of advisors have no succession plans. So, you know, there's definitely a, a lot of opportunity for us to help people, and ultimately that means helping their clients know that there's stability behind that firm. So when we're looking at 
the opportunities. We're looking for compliant firms. That's number one. You know, we, we want to know that the advisor that's been there has been compliant, has been serving their clients well, has had best practices in place. So that would be the number one um, number one criteria that I'm looking at is a compliant firm. And another one is, you know, having uh, having the same philosophy and mindset that we have had, and that is looking out for clients' best interests, looking at, um, you know, the industry has moved towards fee-based asset management, and so we're looking at at least a portion of that business needs to be fee-based asset management uh, and um, and and the willingness of both the advisor and the clients to move in that direction if that hasn't already been there. So those are just a couple of things. We're looking at both local firms, in other words, Southern California and California altogether, but we're also looking across the country, and especially interested in Texas, where I'm from, finding practices there, as well as someplace on the East Coast doesn't need to be New York, in fact, probably not, more like maybe the Carolinas or Florida or somewhere on the East Coast that can represent our uh, kind of East Coast uh, location. So we're looking to have key areas of the United States that we're acquiring. And there are a lot of um, changes happening in the financial services industry, especially the last several years with technology coming in. Uh, do you think that the uh, the clients that you're looking to acquire, the relationships, will endure uh, generational change? Let's say from one generation to the next, is or or is are the robo what do they call the robo uh, right robo products? Yeah, the robo platforms uh, taking taking the financial advisor out of. I mean, we hear a lot about you know financial advisors are. Um, not not as important as they used to be. Younger people tend to like robo stuff. What's going on in, in that world? Yeah, well, we have our own robo platform that we utilize, and the way that we've utilized our robo platform is for our clients' children. You know, the the, the that next generation where mm-hmm. they probably they don't have enough assets to warrant what it is that we do for the parents. I will say I don't think that's going away. When you're looking at, you know, clients that have millions of dollars, I don't see them going towards robo. There's so much that goes on in dealing with a client that has multiple millions of dollars that that's where we add a lot of value. But for the children that may have ten dollars or $20,000 to invest, the robo platform meets that need, and then we can incorporate that into our practice so they're, they're kind of in the fold, in the family, and when they do acquire those larger assets, you know, showing them the value of everything else that we do. So while I do think there's going to be continued disruption in financial services, I don't see everything moving towards the robo. And the other point I'll make is we've had a number of our, our the, the children of our clients not want the robo platform and actually say, no, no, we really want you to help us with these things. So, so I question how much it's really going to catch on. Certainly there has been a lot of money moving into robo, but like I said, I think it's for smaller accounts. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of people, of course, still want the personal touch. They want to talk about their strategy, which can change from time to time. They want to know that there's somebody watching over it all. Um, so what's your vision for WealthWise in 10 years from now, let's say? Well, in 10 years, I'd like to see that we have, you know, right now I'm the sole owner of WealthWise Financial. And that's, you know, that's that's been good to now. But what I really want to see is have multiple owners, people buying into the practice. Like I said, we can have people merge in with their practices and be an owner. And ideally, I want internally for my team and I have good team members that I want to be able to purchase into the practice. So that's where I see things going. And, and I just recently changed my title from president to CEO, really going down that road of being the CEO of the company and having other people being able to buy into it. And eventually I want to be, you know, chairwoman of the board of Wealthwise Financial and eventually having other people really run the practice. Sounds like a good vision, a great vision for the future. Um, When you are um, planning, when you're helping uh, people plan for their futures in investments, do you also bring in a team of other advisors? I know you're well-networked because you belong to ProVisors and other groups. You you Mm -hmm. were, weren't you the the head of Nalbo at one point? Yes, I will certainly was president of Orange County Chapter and then sat on the national board and was then also the chair of the NABO Institute. So, yes, done, done a lot there with NABO. So, so you've uh, you and in provisors, you know a lot of other mm-hmm. professionals that you can refer people to: attorneys, accountants, um, other people in in all professional walks of life. So, is do you strictly when a client comes to you, do you strictly stick to the wealth management? Or are you that component, or you do? Uh, long-term, uh, long-range planning in coordination with other advisors as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So financial planning is a core part of what we do. So we do financial planning and wealth management. And so when it comes to the financial planning piece, we're, we're bringing in other disciplines. So like you said, a CPA, an estate planning attorney, a banker, you know, for our business owner clients, we're, we help our, our clients with everything from, you know, their, their insurance, whether it's property casualty, not that we do those things ourselves, but we're bringing in those subject matter experts that can be part of a team. And that is, we, we have a, a huge focus on building a collaborative team for our clients to help them in all these different areas so that they do have good advice from many different disciplines. And, Lorene, things are always in a, a state of change, especially when the Fed rate is near zero. It, it forces, mm-hmm. almost forces people looking uh, to the untrained eye. It says, I, I think a lot of people would look at their maybe their 401k and say, well, i got to figure out how to allocate things. It looks like bonds and money markets are yielding zero or negative numbers. Um, I, I guess I need to get into other uh, this more stocks and more other asset classes. When people first come to you, do you find that their um, their uh, portfolio uh, is is arranged in, or allocated in such a way that it makes sense for their risk tolerance? 
Oh, so glad you brought that up, Bill. You know, one of the first things that we do with clients is we take them through a risk questionnaire that's software driven. It's not, you know, the old kind of questionnaires that used to use. You ask a few questions, yes, no. It's a very sophisticated tool that we use called Riskalyze, which helps clients understand what their true risk tolerance is, and it scores their risk tolerance. And then what we do is we compare where their current portfolio is, scoring that portfolio, getting a number, and saying, okay, this is your portfolio right now. This is how you're answering these questions, and this is your score. Is there a disconnect or not? And oftentimes we find there is a disconnect with their stated risk tolerance versus how they're invested. And most investors don't even know that. It's a gap that they don't even know is there. And the other thing that's important to mention is, like you said, is investors are looking at how can they make money in their portfolio. Many people towards retirement are now being driven to higher equity allocations than, they, than, than the typical retiree used to be. Because it used to be we could use a, you know, even a laddered bond strategy, right? When you know, interest rates were coming down over the last 15, 20 years, we could do that and still make quite a bit of money just on the bond side. Now, bonds are being used simply as a ballast to the equity side of the portfolio, not that we're looking for so much of returns there, but we're looking to mitigate the volatility of our equity exposure. And when you're looking at equities that are dividend-paying equities, even a 2% dividend on a stock, that and you look at the return potential there versus your bonds, 10 years down the line, you're going to make much more money on the equity side of the portfolio. So it is important to go through this exercise, understand your risk tolerance, understand how much equity exposure you can be comfortable with. And that is something that we can make available to people as a takeaway. If anybody would like to see their number, we can go through that as a complimentary service to individuals. That sounds like a very valuable exercise today. And again, there's uh, there's a lot of reasons. Things have changed quite a bit over the last several years, and there's a lot of reasons to reevaluate uh, how you're allocated, what your portfolio looks like, and what your options are um, outside of just maybe a traditional stock and bond portfolio. Correct, Lorene? Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. So with with all of that, uh, there's really uh, no reason that you should be sitting back and not getting in touch with Lorene. Uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, maybe a website, and what would they find at your website? Sure. So wealthwisefinancial.com is our website. Our phone number is 949-748-1177. And we have, we've been doing webinars uh, during the COVID environment, and please go on the website, take a look at all the different webinars that we have, and there will probably be something of interest to people as they're looking, whether they're a business owner, a key executive, um, whatever, you can go through and look at that. And please give us a call, and, and we're happy to answer any questions you have, help you with that risk alize that I was mentioning, or just you know look at and give a second opinion on your wealth management and financial planning. 
makes a lot of sense. Wealthwise financial, and of course, if you're a, a, a professional, a wealth management professional, and you're thinking about your future, and you think it might make sense to talk to Lorene, give her a call. Let her know. Uh, maybe uh, it's it's the beginning of something beautiful. Thanks, Lorene. Appreciate you coming <laughs> on to the show. So much, uh, always a pleasure to have you. you on, and I hope to hope you'll come back with and talk with us again about what's happening because it's always changing. Thanks so much. It is. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio.